It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the moment last. Just kick him down. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I am Brenna Thompson, licensed and registered dietitian, and this show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life-changing nutrition education and counseling. Today's topic is all about muffin tops. (laughs) It's also about beer bellies, jelly rolls, and spare tires. Now, you might be asking yourself, what do muffin tops, beer bellies, jelly rolls, and spare tires have in common? And what do they have to do with nutrition? Well, to help me answer those questions, I have both Leah Wetzel, licensed nutritionist, and Jamie Carlson, registered and licensed dietitian, in studio with me today. So good morning, ladies. Good morning. Great to be here with you. It's nice to have you. So, Leah, when people describe Mm -hmm. themselves as having a muffin top or a beer belly, what are they really talking about? That's a good question. All of these terms, and there are a lot out there referred to abdominal fat accumulation and insulin resistance. And as many longtime listeners might know, abdominal weight gain is a sign of insulin resistance, and insulin resistance can lead to type 2 diabetes. Yeah, and I've got some surprising statistics on insulin resistance and diabetes. Did you know that almost 30 million people in the U.S., about 10% of the population, have diabetes? That's a lot. A ton, yes. Mm -hmm. And that 86 million people have prediabetes. 86 million? 86 million. In fact, over 50% of the population ages 65 and older are prediabetic now. That's a staggering statistic there. That's huge. Yeah, Yeah, and and all these high blood sugars are costing people a lot of money, too. Mm -hmm. A person with diabetes will actually spend between $180,000 and $250,000 during the course of their disease on different medical treatments. So that averages out to about $6,000 a year. So I know what I would do with an extra $6,000 a year. I know it. it. A lot of money being wasted. That's right. So Jamie and Leah, let's really help our listeners understand how carbohydrates lead to insulin resistance, abdominal weight gain, and diabetes so they can save themselves yes, $6,000 right. a year. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So when we eat carbohydrates, they're actually digested and broken down into sugar in our stomachs and our small intestine. So then these sugars then come out of the small intestine and then they're transported into our bloodstream. Yeah. And frequently eat eaten foods that are high in carbohydrate include like bagels, cereal, pasta, granola bars, Pop-Tarts, waffles, coffee meat, lattes, <laughs> bread, ice cream, popcorn, and the list goes on yeah, and on. That is a long list. Yes. And those are what we would call man-made or processed carbohydrates. Yes. And when we eat these processed carbohydrates, they break down and turn into sugar very quickly. Even though we don't think of pasta and popcorn. Or popcorn. That's a big one for a lot of people. Yes. So many, because they've heard for so long, oh, if you're going on a diet, Mm -hmm. eat popcorn. Mm -hmm. Good bedtime snack, they've heard. Yes. Or a lot lot of long-time Weight Watchers people Mm -hmm. were always doing this at such low points. Or there's a certain doctor on TV who likes to promote a lot of popcorn. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's right. And even though it's not sweet, it's usually salty, 
it's still a very high carb food mm-hmm. and will turn into lots and lots of sugar in our body. I think that's hard for people to understand when, you know, they can understand candy, cakes, that kind of stuff yes. right down to sugar. But it's like when we talk about bread or bagels or popcorn, yep. those more savory type foods. They don't quite equate. Yeah. And I sure. was shocked. I remember way back when, when yeah. I discovered that my bagel in the morning was equaling 14 and a half teaspoons of sugar. Yeah. Thinking I was doing a good thing, you know, yeah. my whole bagel. Oh, my gosh, bagel. yes. Yeah. yeah. And with seeds on it. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. But um, it's pretty empowering when yeah. you know that. And so all that sugar that enters our blood, as all that sugar enters our bloodstream, our pancreas has a really hard time knowing just how much insulin to produce. So it ends up just kind of overcompensating. That's it right. pumps out a ton of insulin to help take care of this massive load of sugar that just entered our bloodstream. That's right. So if we had eaten real carbohydrates, so real carbohydrates such as broccoli, asparagus, cauliflower, our pancreas would know just how much insulin to make, not too much, not too little. Because real vegetable carbohydrates turn into very little sugar and very slowly Having just the right amount of insulin is important since it helps get the sugar into the cell so we can use it for energy. And I think more surprising than, oh, popcorn and bagels are not good for me is Mm -hmm. the fact that vegetables are carbohydrates. That's right. I was just teaching a class in the community this week and there was a ton of people that were just shocked that the Mm -hmm. real carbohydrates I was referring to were vegetables. Yeah. Not Mm -hmm. a lot of people know that. No, and it's I kind of explain it that you have your four fam or your three families basically of proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. So a food has to fit into one of those one, one of those, those families. Yep. And vegetables don't just get a free pass. That's right. They have to fit somewhere. <laughs> they yeah. have to fit somewhere. They're not just their own little world. Yep. So veggies are carbohydrates and over time our muscles our muscle cells, brain cells, and organ cells get tired of having all that sugar and insulin around. If we've been eating the cereal and pastas. That's right. What not. That's right. So they begin to ignore the insulin. It's like almost like an unwanted pest is constantly banging on your door. You're going to eventually stop opening the door. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Exactly. Imagine walking into a noisy restaurant. At first, all you can hear is chatter from everyone else. But after a while, you block that extra sound. This is very similar to our cells that block out the excess insulin. They begin to ignore it. Mm-hmm. It's just too much for them mm-hmm. to handle. Mm-hmm. Yep. So high blood sugars and high insulin levels are very inflammatory, and they're really stressful for our bodies, too. So storing the unused sugar as fat is actually our body's fastest way to get it out of the bloodstream. So, you know, insulin just really wants to get high sugars out of the bloodstream yep. because otherwise it can cause a lot of inf- like inflammation and damage to those blood vessels. So it pulls it out and stores it as fat. And the easiest location to store that fat is, unfortunately, around the midsection. That's right. Yeah. And so that's a kind of a classic sign. Mm -hmm. That muffin top is a classic sign for insulin resistance. Yeah. Well, and you think of the organs that are really involved in this process with the pancreas and the liver being stuck around our middle. Mm -hmm. That's where it goes. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. Eating one high carbohydrate or one high sugar meal every once in a while, such as maybe once a month, will probably not lead to insulin resistance. But it's really the eating the high carbohydrate for most foods every day that will lead to that. Right. And somehow birthdays seem to come around more often than... Oh, I know. Like, we talk about this in Trisha for Weight Loss. So it's okay to celebrate your birthday. 
But do we need to celebrate everybody else's birthday at work mm-hmm. and family gatherings? Mm-hmm. I could tell you that, you know, just my family, like two, sometimes two, three times a month, there's celebrations yep. going on. If you have a big family. Yes, that's yeah. right. Or there's always the weekly don't know it's like the end of week celebration for some yeah. offices and yep. they bring in the donuts and the muffins mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yep that's way too frequent exactly mm-hmm. and as we're getting into the holiday season so mm-hmm. we got halloween and then here comes thanksgiving and then christmas and all the you know and gatherings. then new year's yeah. and then valentine's day <laughs> so the temptations are endless yeah. they are yes and besides an expanding waistline we kind of have to start thinking well what other body signs might tell us that we're insulin resistant and potentially headed towards diabetes. Yeah, when I'm working with clients, I often hear them complaining about low energy. That's a big complaint of people mm-hmm. or just kind of wild swings of energy. They've got a lot in the morning or right after they eat and then it drops kind of in the mid-morning. So, yep. um, And then a lot of times I would say that 3, 4 o'clock yes. afternoon dip is Classic. huge for people. They, they just, just want to take a nap. Yeah, or they want to stop at Starbucks and get a latte and a muffin. and You know, something oh, to yeah. pick those energy levels back up. So mm-hmm. their body's telling them something. We just need to prevent that from happening. Yeah, so the mid af- mid-morning and mid-afternoon yeah. are kind of key indicators. Yep. Of, yep. of blood insulin. sugar yep. dysregulation, yeah. Even though people with insulin resistance are probably storing fat, they're frequently hungry and typically craving sugar. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it might be sugar. Sometimes clients will look at us and they'll say, well, I don't want sugar, but I want potato chips. Yeah, they like yeah. they think salt cravings, but sometimes yep. it's really underlyingly sugar. It's sugar because those potato chips turn into a lot of sugar. That's right. And these cravings happen because people who are insulin resistant can't get sugar into their cells for energy. So their body basically thinks they're starving, mm-hmm. even as they're gaining weight. Mm-hmm. That's right. And their cravings are a biochemical problem, not a willpower problem. That's right. And that's kind of good news for people because I think so many people, you know, feel bad about themselves when they think like they can't resist those yeah, things. Yeah, so, they're constantly hungry. Yeah, for sure. And, and like trying to starve themselves, because, but they feel all these cravings. So... If we fix this, fix this blood sugar problem, those cravings might just disappear. That's right. That's it right. Works. And I, I can attest to that. I remember yeah. back when I used to only eat those processed carbohydrates, I was hungry all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Hungry and tired all the time. Yeah. Yes. And I no longer am yeah. hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. It's eating when you eat real foods, you're yeah. satisfied and you're yep. full. Yeah. Which is good. All right. So I think it is about break time. A popular question I'm often asked, and I know the other nutritionists get asked this as well, but... Clients will say, well, what can I drink instead of water when I'm out with friends at the bar? Good question. (laughs) Well, there is a reason why beer bellies got their name. Beer is high in carbs, but so are margaritas, hard ciders, and mixed drinks. All those extra carbs get stored on the belly. And so instead of these high-carb, high-sugar beverages, I recommend clients simply limit their total alcohol consumption And choose a lower-carb option, such as a dry red wine. Mm -hmm. Of course, limiting or avoiding alcohol is also a great way to prevent hot flashes, improve sleep, and support your metabolism. Now, if you've got questions about insulin, blood sugars, or carbohydrates, give us a call in studio today at 651-641-1071. When my family starts with, what's for dinner, what's for dinner, sometimes I feel the answer is a plate of desperation with a big side of stress. With no plan, it's too easy to hit the drive-thru or the deli for a meal that's overpriced and overprocessed. But now there's an answer to the daily dining dilemma, the Weight and Wellness Way Cookbook and Nutrition Guide. Because it's a cookbook, it's got recipes sure to become family favorites. 
Because it's a nutrition guide, it explains how to eat for good health. You'll feel good, too, eating real food that tastes delicious. The nutrition educators at Nutritional Weight and Wellness have helped thousands of people use nutrition science to feel their best. And now you can find their wisdom summed up in one book. Then the next time they start with, what's to eat? You can say, wild rice meatballs or easy almond chicken or an egg bake for brunch. Real food and real nutrition will make it real easy with the Weight and Wellness Cookbook and Nutrition Guide. Get your copy for $24.95 at any Nutritional Weight and Wellness location or online at weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Edition of Nutrition. Before break, I shared some astonishing statistics about diabetes. We want you to know that diabetes is a complication that can be prevented. Actually, 85% of diabetes complications can be prevented through diet and lifestyle changes. In fact, most chronic diseases are 90% determined by our eating and our lifestyle. And our clients know this firsthand. We have had many clients be able to reduce their blood sugars and their A1C by balancing their diet out with healthy foods Mm -hmm. and lifestyle changes. And I think if you are struggling with your blood sugar, um, that the best approach would be an individual appointment with one of our nutritionists. Mm -hmm. Call our office and schedule an appointment today. The phone number is 651-699-3438. And even if you're living outside the Twin Cities, we can still talk to you over the phone or Skype. That's really expanded our yeah. our clientele. It has, right? and it's fun because it makes it easier for us to actually look at somebody. Yes. It's like you're there. I mean, yeah. you can have mm-hmm. that visual. Well, and then I kind of hold up the, do you ever hold up the Yes, the I do. Handouts and you're showing it. Yes. Yeah, that's right. So we have clients in Canada, Europe. Australia, New Zealand, mm-hmm. all of them have been improving their health by following the weight and wellness plan. Yeah. Yeah. Great. It's powerful stuff. It Very is. powerful stuff. So before break, we were talking about the body signs yeah. of insulin resistance. So mm-hmm. too much sugar That's circulating right. around. And mm-hmm. Jamie, I don't know. Do you want to go back and yeah, kind of well, talk about that a little so bit? So one of the body signs we were talking about, that weight gain around the middle, yeah. that's kind of a classic sign of some insulin resistance going on. And another big thing is those energy swings we talk about. When If you hit major dips in that mid-morning, like you eat mm-hmm. breakfast and then an hour later you're just zonked and want to go back to bed. Yeah. yeah. Grab another cup of coffee. You know, you keep using that or food to keep your energy levels Constant up. pick me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a sign that, you know, your body isn't feeding you the right energy. So, you know, you're yeah. searching through food or caffeine to try to keep those energy levels up. That's really signs of some insulin resistance going on. I think the coffee was a good one yeah. that you just yeah. pointed out because we'll have clients who maybe they just skip breakfast yeah. and then they just live on coffee. Mm-hmm. That's right. Until lunchtime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then it's almost like they eat lunch and then they just bottom out again. Yep. That's yep. right. So yep. if that sounds like you, yeah. <laughs> give yeah. us and a another call. Too, another thing I would say is a spice is, is for some clients, it's the end of the night. Yeah. Like they just mm-hmm. have unrelentive creative. That's when they're binge yeah. eating. That's when oh, yeah. they're getting yep. in all that extra carbohydrates yeah. mm-hmm. um, because they haven't been able to manage their blood yeah. sugars during the day. And, and a lot of my clients, yeah, a lot of clients that like skip lunch or things like that, they're the ones that will say like, Today, like the whole day's good. I didn't eat anything, but yep. then I, you know, I get home That's right. and I just munch and binge I can't all night long. Yeah. yeah, like they don't feel they feel fine during the day. Yeah. Yep, and they think it's okay. Yep, 
But then at night is where it shows up yeah. and it's problematic. I know in the past when I've had those low blood sugars or not eating in balance, yeah. you get home and you look in the fridge and you're like, okay, what can I do with ketchup, pickles, and Triscuits? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I know. You do. Even even we, I think, like, if I get really starving, like, I'll reach for whatever, too. It's not like, you know, we're could be habits of it, too. So it's really about balancing that blood sugar because I would reach for something sweet, too, because if you're you not, want if you that energy. Your, your, mm-hmm. your blood sugar so badly wants to raise that. You crave something really fast yeah. and something sweet. So That's right. exactly, and again, as we pointed out, it's some clients they will say I'm I'm limiting what I'm eating, yeah, and but they're still gaining weight. Mm-hmm. That's right, mm-hmm. and that's a really good sign mm-hmm. that they're insulin resistant. Yeah. Yep. That their body is more in promotion of fat storing than to yep. using that carbohydrate or food yep. for energy in their cells. Exactly. And foods that increase blood sugars, the highest and the fastest, often come from grains. Dr. William Davis describes how humans almost never developed diabetes before we began consuming grains such as wheat, barley, rye, and even oats. Mm-hmm. Oh, those grains. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I yeah. know it. Yeah. So those people with insulin resistance or really poorly controlled blood sugars will certainly benefit from cutting out those processed things that Leah just talked about. Mm-hmm. But not only just those processed ones. Sometimes, you know, someone with a strong degree of insulin resistance really might need to cut out all grains, too, which might sound a little crazy to a lot of our listeners. Too. And yeah. a little daunting. Yeah. And, too, I mean, we've been told to eat so much grain for yeah. so long. Six to 11 servings. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. That that could be such yeah. a drastic dress- yeah, shift for sure. diet. Yeah. And for many years, we've been told to eat more whole grains, Mm -hmm. up to 11 servings a day. But these are just processed foods pretending to be healthy. Mm -hmm. And even our coworker, Joanne, who has a strong family history of diabetes, has found that real whole grains, such as brown rice or quinoa, will send her blood sugars sky high. And Mm -hmm. I've had other clients Mm -hmm. who, if I can get them to test their blood sugars after meals Mm -hmm. instead of just in the morning fasting, Mm -hmm. they will find that for themselves too. And how often, like a, a, away from the meal, when do you have them test their blood sugar to determine that? Usually an hour to two hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just um, kind of depends maybe upon how many strips they can use in a day. Sure, they're expe- yeah. they can be expensive. They are very yeah. expensive. Yeah. Uh, and it might be maybe we just do it a couple times a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if they're eating new foods or kind mm-hmm. of comparing some things. That's right. So, so And those yeah. numbers are probably motivating for them, too, they because you might not feel motivating. the symptoms of it right away. But if you see those numbers on how high the sugars mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Yes. So and there are a few other lab tests, too, that show how insulin resistant a person is becoming. So the first is a fasting blood glucose. So this lab value helps a doctor determine if someone is prediabetic or if they're fully diabetic. Mm-hmm. So in a normal glucose value, so again, this is that fasting level that someone would normally do in the morning, is between 70 and 95. So a person is considered pre-diabetic or insulin resistant if their numbers are between 100 to 125. But if somebody's levels are over 125, this is when they're considered to have, you know, type 2 diabetes. Yeah. And we would consider this very insulin yeah. resistant. So, and we, you know, we like we said, the, I, what we like to see is that 70 to 95 range. Yes. And sometimes doctors are not talking to... Yeah patients um, when they're the blood sugars are well over 100 yeah. until they get closer to, yeah. to that 125 that's yep. right or maybe they just kind of say you know your blood sugars are a little high you should watch that yeah, yeah. but they don't really get watch any it how. <laughs> watch it how what am i doing <laughs> that's right that's right or educate about what really is an yeah. ideal yeah and yeah. what's going on and yeah that's right <laughs> so i think we have another common lab test here the yeah. hemoglobin a1c yes 
Yeah, the, the hemoglobin A1C assesses how well a person's blood sugar has been balanced over a three-month period of time. So it measures how much sugar is binding to the hemoglobin protein in the blood. A normal value is somewhere between 4 and 5.9. And someone eating high-carb diet who is insulin resistant will have A1Cs as high as in the 5s. And doctors that recommend that diabetics aim for an A1C of 7 or less. Mm -hmm. But 7 is still correlating with blood sugars consistently around 170, which is believed to be too high. Well, we know that it's too high. That's way too high. That's way too high. And I know from working with a fair number of diabetics that even somebody who has type 2, if they're following a low-carb diet, Mm -hmm. we can easily get their A1C down into the 6s and into Mm -hmm. the 5s, like... And it's too bad. I think most diabetics think if they're under seven, they think, hey, I'm doing great. That's you know, right. and so I was even at the endocrinologist the other day and there was a little poster. The advice for diabetics was keep your A1C below seven and eat low fat. Yeah. Oh. Those were the recommendations. And I was just thinking like people are being fed a lot of bad yeah. information. And that's not those are not good goals for that person to no. just be under seven. And when we tie it back to that, that uh, insulin resistant weight gain or the muffin top, mm-hmm. I find that for clients with A1Cs still in the sixth range, it's not enough to really be able to lose a lot of weight. Yeah. That generally best in the fives, mid fives, mm-hmm. 5.5. Mm-hmm. And that's when I start to see people being able to yeah. lose weight successfully. Yeah. Because yeah. if they still have a lot of those sugars in the blood, remember, we want they're it to gonna be story. Yeah, yeah, they're going to store all those high sugars as fat, you know, yeah. and mostly around that midsection. Yes. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Do you have sleep trouble, trouble falling asleep or staying asleep at night? I bet you didn't know that poorly controlled blood sugars can actually lead to insomnia. So even without having insulin resistance or diabetes, because your blood sugar, you know, if you eat a high sugar stack at night, your blood sugar is going to tank in the middle of the night. That might be what's waking you up at 2 or 3 a.m. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So a quick trip to help you fall asleep and stay asleep um, is actually simple. It's called a bedtime snack. So um, <laughs> just eat a little bit of carbohydrates. So maybe an apple. Not um, ice cream? No, not ice cream. <laughs> and with a little bit of fat. And that's the key component because that fat is what really keeps our blood sugar it stable. controls our blood sugar. Yep. Yep. So do this about 30, you know, 30 to 60 minutes before you go to bed. Um and you'll be off in dreamland. You'll be sleeping sound yes. through the night. So my favorite snack to do, I really like doing like any kind of fruit with like almond butter or yeah. some kind of nut butter with it. That's, That's great. a satisfying for, one mm-hmm. for me at night. So this snack really helps to keep my blood sugars balanced all night long and, you know, sleeping like a baby because I used to be up a lot with sleep problems. So this has really helped. So so if you have any questions for us about blood sugar or diabetes, um, call into the studio at 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Addition of Nutrition. We have two great questions coming up this week. First one is avoiding the diabetes epidemic with real food. And Katie will be teaching it on Wednesday from 6 to 8 at the Minnetonka Senior Center. The other class is Foods to Build Happy Focused Kids. And Lynn will be teaching this one at the Mississippi Market on Thursday uh, from 6.30 to 8.30. To sign up, call our office at 651-699-3438 or go online to our website at weightandwellness.com. And if you have questions for us in the studio today, call us at 651-641-1071. So we have a caller today. Oh, good. 
Thanks for calling Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question for us today? Yes, this is Barb. My Hi, Barb. question is, I do have a history of diabetes in my family, and I also have a thyroid problem. Mm-hmm. So I had gone to an endocrinologist, and she suggested or actually gave me a prescription for metformin to lose weight. And I was wondering what you thought about that because I was actually taking more metformin than my diabetic mother was taking. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I know the studies on metformin have shown that it initially helped people lose, like, I don't know, it was some tiny percentage yeah. of their weight. It really doesn't, in my opinion, make it worth it. It's not, I don't believe that it's necessarily using the medication the way it was intended to be used. Yeah, yeah and I know when I was taking it, it really does upset your stomach. Mm-hmm. And, um, also, I was just kind of reading some information online, and it sounded like if you just did one wrong thing, like ate a half a cup of rice, it would you know, kind of throw the medication off. So, Well, I don't know that it's going to throw the medication off, but it's certainly not going to help you in your quest to lose weight, especially if sounds like in your family you have a lot of insulin resistance. So rice is probably not going to be your best friend. Yeah, true. How have you felt since starting the metformin? Have you, did you have any weight loss or... No, in fact, I probably only took it for about three weeks, okay. and it just gave me such an upset stomach. Yeah, I just yeah. stopped taking it. And I actually was signed up to take uh, one of your classes today uh. for pre-diabetes, but unfortunately it was canceled. So I was really looking forward to that. Well, you know, I think you could maybe try and come to the one that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, did we say that was on Tuesday? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Katie's Tuesday. teaching it at the Minnetonka Senior Center. Yeah, I'll have to check into that. Check yeah. into that. It's a great class. You know, mm-hmm. if you're not able to make it to that, just go ahead and sign up and come in for a consult. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, there's definitely with the thyroid and blood sugar connection, there's yeah. a lot of probably individual things to be addressed yeah. um, and that might work well for you. That's kind okay. of morbid. Thank you. Yeah. You're Good welcome. Thank for you for calling. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Okay. So before break, we had kind of been going over some of those blood sugars, Mm -hmm. the blood sugar numbers, and we talked about how a normal glucose is between 70 and 95, but that people are considered Mm pre-diabetic, insulin resistant, when their blood sugars are about 100 to 125. And then if they get over that 125, and that's fasting, so in the morning, haven't eaten anything yet. And you test your blood sugar. Mm -hmm. And it's over 125. Or the one we didn't mention was that if you test at any other time of the day and it's over 200, mm-hmm. yep. then doctors will consider you as having type 2 diabetes. Yep. Yes. And we've found, I know, Leah, you had mentioned that with your clients, you look at the A1C and if you try to get it down into the fives yes. to really help them lose weight, then yeah. I've found that if I'm going by just fasting numbers, when I'm working with some clients, if we can keep them down in like the 110s, maybe 120s, mm-hmm. coming down from like 130s or 150s, that's when their body's able to start to lose weight. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. The middle. Yeah. And then the lower we can get it, the better. easier it is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And Jamie, there's another lab. Yes, there is. So let me see. So the third lab, we're talking about triglyceride levels. Yeah, um, this is big. So the third lab helps, um, this lab helps us assess insulin resistance as well and carbohydrate intake. Um, so this is typically tested during a routine cholesterol check. So if you were to check your my chart mm-hmm. or look at labs, you probably had a triglyceride level pulled. Um, so triglycerides are the form in which sugars are transported from your liver to your muscles and your fat cells. So 
look at, you know, if that number's really high, we know that there's a lot of sugar being kind of transported around your body. So triglycerides over 100 are a sign of a really high carbohydrate mm-hmm. or high sugar diet. And triglycerides over at 150 um, are indicative of having some insulin resistance. That's right. And I don't, do you remember Angela's story? Yeah. So Angela. I referenced that a lot in mm-hmm. class. Yep. And how when she first came to weight and wellness, her triglycerides were over 1,000. Yep. Oh my gosh. And she was, I think, eating kind of a low fat. Well, and she was a vegetarian. Yeah. Yes. Yep. For and, a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But she was a Ben and Jerry's vegetarian. Yes, like, yeah. <laughs> like more, and she would admit, told, be the first to admit that. that yeah. More of the processed food, carb, mm-hmm. carb, high carb, yeah. sugar, mm-hmm. vegetarian. But her triglycerides are over a thousand. And I think just within a couple months, and maybe not even that, a couple weeks of changing her diet, her triglycerides dropped down into a much more normal range. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. even and, today. Yes. And so, she, I mean, I remember her sharing that there, there was some genetic disposition there but she's been able to control and maintain a very healthy triglyceride level Mm -hmm. by managing her blood sugar Mm -hmm. and eating healthy real Mm -hmm. foods exactly now listeners might be thinking to themselves omg i'm insulin resistant and these girls just told me to quit eating grains even my whole grain cereal (laughs) now what am i going to eat that's right and and i can attest I used to eat cereal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm-hmm. And so to know that um, where I needed to go and cut out cereal, that was a big and overwhelming yeah. uh, challenge. But I would say now, no problem. Mm-hmm. I love what I eat for breakfast. I often eat a couple of our turkey breakfast sausages that we have. We have a great, that great recipe for. Mm-hmm. Those are delicious. They're very delicious. And I usually, like for today, for breakfast, I had some cooked kale and mm. half a sweet potato with Yum. butter mm-hmm. um, for my good quality healthy fat. And I'm still full and satisfied <laughs> from that. That sounds delicious. Yeah. And so thinking about your lunch. So a lot of people maybe run out and get a lunch. So instead of running out and getting that six inch sub sandwich and a bag of chips, which those actually, when they break down in, in your blood, they turn into 16 teaspoons of sugar. Wow. So, but wow. again, that's a food where you go, it's yeah. a sandwich and it's chips. That's and it's, not and it's low calorie, right? Because they tell you low how fat. much is on it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so, um, but we can't be fooled by that stuff no. because we know that that really breaks down to sugar. So I often recommend um, bringing leftovers for lunch. Like whatever I do you had that. for dinner, that's what I do all the time. So, like, Right now, I've been bringing a lot of leftover chili. You know, um, I mean, if you're busy with yeah, time, I, yeah. you know, I want to maximize my time in the kitchen. For and sure. so if I'm making a dinner, I'm thinking about lunch the next yeah. day. And what, yeah. From not only me, right. my husband and my son, yeah. what we could eat So for triple that. what you're making for dinner. That's and then, right. Yeah, then you bring it for lunch yeah. the next day. The so benefit. Yeah. Leftovers are great for lunch. Really good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you do chili, um, we have really two great recipes on the website for chili. Mm-hmm. Um the carbohydrates um, from the beans and the veggies are those type of carbohydrates that are going to be digested slowly. So they're not going to cause that afternoon blood crash if you were to eat that chips and that Subway sandwich. So um, the breakdown of the, of the chili would be only seven teaspoons. So, you know, yeah. a lot less. And leftovers than... from chili are even better than you yeah, have. They are. <laughs> they're just better the they're... next day. Yeah. And for someone with a lot of insulin resistance on that chili, I would say you need to top it with some sour cream yeah. or some Half avocado. Guacamole. Guacamole. Yes. My favorite. Yes. <laughs> because having that extra fat in there really yeah. helps keep your blood sugars yes. more stable. And I find that people just stay more satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people that. Oh, sorry. Go oh, ahead. if you think it's chili, there's really not that much fat. 
yeah. when you make a chili recipe anyways. Ours has some olives in it, which helps, yeah. which yes. is good. Yep. But people that are really having a hard time regulating their blood sugar, they tend to need more fat. They need mm-hmm. a lot of fat. Than mm-hmm. somebody that has normal blood sugar to Definitely. regulate that. Yeah. Yeah. And keeping your blood sugars in balance all day long is important so that the pancreas doesn't have to continuously pump out extra insulin. Yeah. Because by the time many people are diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, they've actually lost 50% of their insulin production. Oh, that's amazing. 50%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and as we continue to talk about that, we're first going to go to break. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Wouldn't it be nice if there was a magic pill we could take to prevent insulin resistance and abdominal weight gain? Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) Sadly, there isn't. But there are a few supplements which can help with blood sugar regulation. When we come back from break, Leah and Jamie will share three supplements which aid in blood sugar regulation. If you changed your nutrition, could it change your life? What if I told you that you could change your life just by learning the secrets of balanced eating? Nutritional Weight and Wellness can teach you how. They will do an individual consultation for you, your husband, or your children. They will create an eating plan that fits your lifestyle. Whether you're experiencing migraines or sleeplessness, depression, digestive problems, fatigue, anxiety, or need help with weight loss, nutrition can change all of that. More than 90% of all health conditions can be traced back to nutritional issues. Let Nutritional Weight and Wellness help you. Call 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com to schedule your individual consultation at an office near you. That's weightandwellness.com. Let Nutritional Weight and Wellness help you. 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com to schedule your individual consultation. That's weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Let me share three nutrients that may help you manage your blood sugars. The first one is a mineral that aids in glucose metabolism, and uh, this is magnesium. Magnesium glycinate, uh, we recommend about 400 milligrams to help lower blood sugars. And the second is inositol. This important B vitamin has been, sh- has been proven to, uh, to show con- blood sugar control for women with PCOS and people with insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. And we have a product called Senatol that contains 4,000 milligrams of inositol. And we talked mm-hmm. about maybe appropriate use for it um, that's per scoop. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe to start off, just to build it up, is maybe do more like mm-hmm. quarter or half a scoop and then work up. Kind to of the work full up scoop. just to make sure that somebody doesn't develop. A little gut Loose irritation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that that working up to that full amount. Yeah. And that one was called Cenitol. Cenitol. So C-E-N-I-T-O-L, yep. if someone's interested. Yeah, and when we were talking about PCOS a few weeks ago, Brenna, you know, I was reading a study before that, and they were saying, you know, the the Cenitol or the Inositol works similar to, like, the Metformin is. It's working on those cells to make them less, you know, insulin yes, resistant. breaking through that. Yeah, yeah, so... Stress. You know, for people taking metformin, this might be an additional thing to help break down that maybe. Or, yeah, as an alternative. Or, yeah, as an alternative or get off those meds. Preventing them from going yeah, on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So the other nutrient um, is a mineral called chromium. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, too. So uh, research has shown that the average American diet is, is actually really deficient in chromium. So yes. um, this is a huge problem because um, chromium is used in proper glucose metabolism. So that means, you know, breaking down that sugar, mm-hmm. you know, getting it to where our body needs it, and insulin utilization. So, you know, how is that insulin getting used in our body? So 
I really like a product called um, Gluco Control. So this contains a thousand milligrams of chromium mm-hmm. um, in, in each capsule. So I just actually take one of these with each meal. I have a little problem with my blood sugars getting too low, and it really helps me to maintain my blood sugars. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So excellent. Good Great. suggestions yeah. there. And before break, we had talked about how people with type 2 diabetes, when they're finally diagnosed, they've often lost about 50% yeah. of yes. their beta cell That's pr- right. function. Yeah. And those little beta cells in your pancreas are what actually make insulin. Yeah. So it's good to, like, as we've talked about throughout the show, is before we get to that point mm-hmm. is to know the warning signs mm-hmm. of um, pre, uh, pre-diabetes, yep. whether it be the blood sugar numbers or that abdominal weight gain yeah. and or those cravings. And those energy levels throughout Fatigue. the day, too. Yeah. Yes. So, Definitely. you know, as they say in football, which I'm a huge fan, um, <laughs> the, best, the best defense is a good offense, right? So people today really need a strategy to prevent this from happening. We don't want to, you to get to a point where your pancreas is working at 50%. You know, we want to... We want to be proactive and take care of that before that happens. So that's right. Um, people need a strategy to help prevent um, and then heal that insulin resistance if that's already there. So um, they do not be, or so they don't become diabetic, and they can, or so they can better manage their diabetes. That's right. Um, you know, people with diabetes are at higher risk for kidney failure, nerve damage, um, things like dementia, and, and so depression. Yeah, huge. Mm-hmm. And so we want to do things to help you, you know, not get to that level. Well, That's and right. diabetes is the number one cause for heart. kidney failure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was saying, and heart disease. And heart disease. disease. Yeah, both. So Huge connections. You don't want either of those. Yeah. yeah. Manage your blood sugars. And it's mm-hmm. just empowering to know that with this condition that you have so much control yeah. with the diet. Yeah. Um, and so here is your insulin and blood sugar and lowering plan. Cut out sugar and give up the processed carbs. So cutting out the bagels. And the the cereal. And the cereal. Mm -hmm. And the low-fat flavored yogurts. Yes, ice cream. And the Twizzlers. The Twizzlers. Yes, yes. And replace them with lots of low-carb veggies such as broccoli, cauliflower, asparagus. And I would have to say a test because I used to hate vegetables (laughs) growing up um, and never thought I'd love them. But it's so liberating to know with these with broccoli, cauliflower, asparagus that cooking them with some fat like Mm -hmm. butter or coconut oil or olive oil, they taste so good. And they're actually even more absorbable for us, too, Mm -hmm. especially with people with insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes. They need that fat with their veggies. Or for some people, it's that green salad. Mm-hmm. Eating smaller amounts of fruits and beans and starchy veggies like sweet potato, carrots, and winter squash are also good in combination. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's where I think when clients come in and they'll maybe they've been following the plan for a little while, but they're finding that they're hungry after meals or their cravings are coming back, I always start to ask them questions like, well, how much fat are you putting on your veggies? And it seems to be that sometimes they forget to add that good Mm -hmm. tablespoon of butter on top of their broccoli. And as soon as we start doing that again, those cravings go away. Or they're a little scared to add it too. I think, you know, especially women the last 20 plus years, they've been told that's not what you're supposed to do, you know, if you want to maintain your body weight too. So So in a good portion would be maybe two to three cups of broccoli Half of a medium size, not those large sweet potatoes, a medium sized sweet potato, mm-hmm. and that tablespoon of butter to mm-hmm. balance that blood sugar. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And maybe they put a tablespoon of butter on the broccoli and another half to one tablespoon on that sweet potato. Depending yeah. on how much blood, you know, how, how much, much we need to they're really regulate. working with. Yes. Yeah. 
And studies have shown that lower carbohydrate diets are more effective long term at helping people lose and maintain weight loss than low fat diets. Hmm, that's good. Interesting. News. Interesting. <laughs> so, as you replace processed carbs with vegetable carbs, also make sure that you are eating adequate amounts of protein and healthy fats. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about the butter and olive oil, but of course, we also want to throw out like the guacamole. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and, guacamole. Oh, cream cheese. I love cream cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and. and Sour yeah, cream yeah. and the olives. I don't know. Are there others? Coconut oil. Coconut oil. Or how about, have you had the coconut butter? Yes, I have. I like that. That yeah. is yeah. So delicious. Those healthy fats yeah. are crucial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Need and lots and lots of them. We're not saying trans fats. Yep. We're no. The good, unprocessed fats. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and adding fats to every meal and snack is, it's really, really important, helping to balance out that blood sugar. And what's great is it helps to break down that insulin resistance. So, we've been talking about those cells, you know, and they mm-hmm. become resistant to that insulin. So, these healthy fats actually work in the, your cell lining. You know, they help to break off this crust yeah, that has now developed around your cells. Cell lining. For sure. So, yes, that's excellent. And fats do not raise your blood sugar. And if you if and if our blood sugars are in normal range, less of it would be deposited as fat around our middle and more of it would be used for energy in our cell. Yeah. yeah and so when we were talking about adding fats, right? We like we were saying we're not just talking about adding one olive to that salad or yeah. a teaspoon of olive oil to your salad. We're talking about, you know, adding a good amount. So like we said, adding two tablespoons of butter to those vegetables That's or right. some kind of oil. Or like if you're doing chili for lunch, adding like two tablespoons of sour cream or, you know, half avocado, mm-hmm. any of those things. And that bedtime snack. I yes. think for people that have a hard time regulating their blood sugar, they need more fat at that bedtime yeah, snack. Two tablespoons sure. of almond butter with yeah. a half an apple. Yep. Or a good half to even a whole avocado. I know Dar yes. has recommended that for people. And yeah. that was a hard one for me to wrap my head around at first. Yeah. I was going, well, how do you eat half an avocado? Yeah. Like just <laughs> half an avocado. However, I have found that. In many ways you could do that. Yeah. There are lots of ways. But one of my favorites is I'll take it and, you know, like you cut through it and you yep. have your little avocado and sprinkling just some really good sea salt yeah. on yeah. top and just grab a spoon yeah. and yeah. eat away. Um, and if you're worried about that other half going bad, a lot of times, because I, you know, like hate wasting food. So I'll take the other half out of its little shell and I'll freeze it. And then oh, the next yes. morning mm-hmm. I'll toss it in my smoothie. That's so, nice. Great. That's then, if, great you know, if I'm out of other healthy fats, I just toss in a frozen avocado uh, yeah. avocado into the smoothie. Mm-hmm. I also do the other half. I'll do, I'll cut it out and chop it up and put salsa on it. Oh. And mm-hmm. the next day yeah. I'll have that. Does that keep it from going brown? Mm-hmm. Yep. You can also, a trick is to leave the pit in the oh. other. So you have the side without the pit. Yeah. So eat that one first. And then yeah. if you take the one with the pit, and you can just cover it in a little saran wrap, or yeah. I just stick it in like a lock and lid yeah. container, and it might turn a little brown, but yeah. it's not like it goes bad. Yeah, that's right. So it's still good. It's that's good right. we're talking about this. I have a lot of clients that always say, like, how do you use an avocado? How do you know <laughs> do you when they're good? How do you know when they're bad? What yeah. do I do with the other half? So That's right. That's right. But it can be so satisfying and fulling and packed full of minerals, too. We talked yeah. about the importance of magnesium for yeah. blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When a high source of magnesium yeah. is an avocado. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's also really high in vitamin E mm-hmm. and I think a lot of other B vitamins, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So good avocados. Yes. <laughs> and when clients skimp on their fat, their blood sugars tend to jump around more yes. and their carb cravings come back. Yep. So these fats, they keep us full and satisfied compared to processed carbs, which 
they just leave us wanting more. Yeah. That's right. And really to curb, like get a hand on your cravings too. Enough protein through the day. I mean, protein really can combat mm-hmm. sugar and carb cravings. Mm-hmm. I know anytime I'm kind of thinking, oh, why am I wanting more? Like I just had lunch like two hours ago. Yeah. What What's going on? I'll think back. Did I have enough protein? protein. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did I have enough fat on there? Yeah. Did I have enough vegetables? It's yeah. not that little half a cup of green beans yep. that yeah. mom maybe gave us. No, yeah. it's yeah. several cups. And yeah. a lot, yeah, lot, four ounces of protein with your meals a lot of times mm-hmm. and, you know, a couple ounces with your snacks mm-hmm. too throughout the day I think is really, really helpful. And so like a good judge, a lot of people might not know what four ounces of proteins even yeah. mean. So if you guys, like, you know, anyone listening, if you take a look at your hand, so if you were to draw a circle around the palm of your hand and kind of feel the thickness of your own hand too. That's about, you know, how much protein you want to aim for at a meal. Maybe about half that amount when you're yeah. having snacks. And that's cooked. Yes, that's cooked. Yes, cooked. yes cooked. not raw. Yeah. And for men, that's not four ounces. That's six ounces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. it all depends on the size of your palm. And I have some female clients who they might be like, 510. Yeah. And it's four ounces for them. It just, it's not, not enough. enough. I yeah. bump them up Active. to. Yeah, mm-hmm. five or six ounces because they just right. need more. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Well, we hope today's show has been helpful for you to have a better understanding of the carb connection to insulin resistance and diabetes. Remember to prevent insulin resistance, beer bellies, and muffin tops. We need to avoid processed carbs. Definitely. Have a great week- weekend, everybody. Thank you, Leah. Bye. Thank you, Jamie. Life, I love you. All is groovy. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.